Well, hi everyone. Denise Drummond Dunn speaking from C3 Centricity. Here's this week's blog post. It's called Increasing Impact and Engagement Through Advertising Testing. One of the most popular evergreen topics on C3 Centricity is advertising testing. Therefore, in light of the expanding channel options available to marketers today, I think it's time I proposed an updated perspective. Now, there are countless posts which discuss how to A-B test a campaign on Facebook or how to pre- and post-test advertising. But what seems to be lacking is an objective view of if you should be testing your advertising at all. So this is what I want to discuss. I hope you'll find it useful in reviewing your own opinions concerning advertising testing. So, should you test advertising? If you work on the client side and ask your colleagues in an advertising agency, most of them would probably scream no. That's not very surprising. Countless teams have suffered at the hands of market research and the overzealous testing of their creative in a usually very uncreative way. There have been many attempts at defining metrics to evaluate advertising. One of the biggest challenges from my perspective is whether or not you should test a campaign or each individual ad separately. But more on that in a moment. First, I want to review the actual decision to test. Should you test an ad built to increase awareness in the same way as one built for encouraging trial, purchase, repurchase, loyalty or advocacy? My answer would be a very Swiss, it depends. Firstly, you have to be clear about why you're advertising in the first place, what your campaign is trying to achieve, its objectives. It still amazes me how many companies develop a new campaign simply because that's what they do each year. Hopefully, each new campaign has a link to the preceding one, but even that is not always obvious, is it? Therefore, Start by identifying with whom you want to communicate and why and share this information with your ad agency. It's surprising how many clients don't. Remember to give as complete a description as possible of your target audience, including the who, what, where and why. And if you still don't know, our 4W template is a great place for storing all the information in a one-pager. You can check it out and download online at the C3 Centricity website. So next, when to test. Many companies have a standard process of testing ads before they can be aired. This is usually referred to as copy testing. An ad must appear in the top quadrant on both impact and persuasion before it can be used. Now, while this is admirable for its thoroughness, it often results in multiple ads being developed to ensure that at least one of them meets these criteria. The feeling is that more is better. If you test two, three or more ads, you can then hope for a winner. What's wrong with that? Well, in my opinion, quite a lot. You've just wasted a lot of time, money and energy in developing multiple ads when you know you'll probably only use one of them. Of course, your advertising agency won't tell you to stop this practice as they're getting more work than you really need. Now, it's time to think differently about ad testing and spend your valuable resources more wisely.
Once the ad agency has developed a number of campaign concepts or ideas that meet your carefully defined objectives, then that is a much better and more efficient time to test. Okay, so the ads are likely to be in storyboard format or just sketches. But most people will understand the message you're trying to convey, at least if it's effective, of course. So don't wait until you have gone further in the production and created animations, final prints or even complete films before testing. That's just a waste of resources. If you wait until that later stage in the development process, you're also more likely to designate one winner when in fact they could all be good or bad. Working with concepts will help you identify the real winning ideas, which can then be developed into a final version or two for copy testing, if you must, but more about that in a moment. The earlier you test, the more resources your ad agency can then concentrate on the most relevant concepts, rather than diluting their efforts to give you the wide choice that you've requested. No wonder ad agencies don't like copy testing. Next, what to test. Another reason for testing concepts rather than finished ads is to ensure that they can be turned into a campaign. I've witnessed many so-called big ideas that were superb as they stood, but which were impossible to visualise other than in the single version proposed. If you show your early work to consumers, they might be inspired by the idea and suggest other related situations or portrayals. You'll then have a clear indication of the campaignability of your idea. For regional and global campaigns, there's often the added complication of the translation of the idea into multiple languages. There are many concepts developed in English that don't or only poorly translate into other languages. English is a wonderful language that is particularly suited to advertising. It provides many opportunities for word plays, idioms, acronyms, slang, compound words and other wonders of its grammar. In addition, English is known for its extensive vocabulary, which is especially useful in advertising copywriting. Whereas in another language you might only have one or two words to express a particular meaning, English may have five or six, each with subtle differences. If you'd like to see some great examples of advertising messages lost in translation, check out the fun articles that I link to on the website. Uh, there's one from Business News Daily and another one from The Balance. And I can tell you, they'll have you laughing out loud. So next, how to test. Depending upon their standard process, many companies will tend to use the same pre-testing method and evaluation process with no regard for the campaign's objectives. As previously mentioned, some clients I know must score in the top quadrant on the usual copy testing, impact and persuasion metrics before their ad can be aired. However, there are valid reasons to accept lower scores on one or other of these metrics depending upon the campaign's objectives. For instance, if the campaign's objective is awareness, then a lower persuasion score may be acceptable. Likewise, if you're looking for your customer to take action, then a lower score on impact may be acceptable, if the ad scores high on persuasion.
some of the best and most useful campaign testing I've ever seen was actually done qualitatively. But that alone won't work unless you then allow the creatives, market research and insight groups to discuss the results together and alone. In my experiences of this, it was exciting to share consumer opinions directly with the creatives. And they too found it stimulating to share their ideas and get feedback based on real consumer input. Whoever said that creatives don't like testing are wrong. They just dislike judgmental, sometimes disrespectful and bland numerical results with little if any depth of analysis. In Copy Testing A Confident Path Toward Mediocrity, Tom Bick, who was named one of the top digital marketers of 2014 by AdAge, claimed that copy testing tends to penalise forward-thinking marketers. He argues that the average person will default to comparing a new ad with those they've already seen. In other words, they will err on the side of less creative campaigns. You can read more about this in the excellent article on big commerce and the link is given in the blog post. A unique alternative to copy testing. One solution that I propose to my clients is a unique and powerful testing methodology developed by Phase 1. Their scientifically based proprietary technique is based on over 30 years experience of academic work and real world validation. Their knowledge base includes an extensive foundation based upon analytics in human behaviour, anthropology, culture traits, entertainment, education, communications and marketing. This enables them to accurately explain how your target will react to your message and even more importantly the reasons why without actually speaking with consumers. This can be particularly useful for testing ad ideas for new product concepts. In comparisons with standard copy tests, Phase 1's technique has been shown to give similar outcomes but with a greater depth of understanding. More importantly, it provides a clear explanation of the reasons why consumers react to an ad as they do. This makes it far easier to improve the ad, whether by cutting out sections, which saves money of course, or improving the explanations of benefits. If you'd like to hear more about this unique methodology, especially if you're having trouble speaking with your own target customers due to legal or confidentiality issues, I'd be happy to share some case studies with you. Just drop me a line. The six rules of advertising testing. So in summary, when it comes to testing your advertising, number one, know with whom you want to communicate. Number two, know what your target audience wants to hear. Number three, know why you're communicating, what the message is that you want to send. Number four, know which concepts or ideas have the most resonance with both your target audience and your objectives, as well as why. Number five, know how the concepts will develop into a campaign across media. And number six, know how you're going to communicate the most relevant medium and channels for your target audience. 
So, do you abide by these six rules? Before pre-testing your own ads, I hope you do. And if so, well done. If not, perhaps it's time to review your own process. The future of ad testing. In conclusion, let me finish with a few words about the future of pre-testing. Although advertising testing supposedly started in the mid-1800s, it wasn't until the 1950s that performance metrics became the holy grail of clients, ad agencies and media sellers alike. From day after recall to persuasion, and from brand linkage to moment-by-moment systems, it wasn't until recently that the importance of emotional rather than rational responses to advertising started gaining support. Today, emotional analysis has become widely available. Customers' reactions to the ads are measured, usually on the six universal emotions – of happiness, sadness, surprise, fear, disgust and anger, plus neutral. While it's still early days in understanding the connection between emotional reactions and brand impact, things are definitely moving fast. Digital and traditional media. Interestingly, when I was doing research for the original post on this topic a couple of years ago, almost all the articles I found were about testing of online advertising, comparing PPC or pay-per-click and the positioning of paid, earned and owned media. However, around two-thirds of budgets were still being spent on traditional media, at least in 2014, and Statista showed that consumers still trusted it more than new media. But things change. A more recent post on marketing charts still shows traditional media leading the ideal channel mix for marketers, but for how much longer, I wonder. Spend on digital is increasing more rapidly than was at first expected, and in the US, the UK and China, online is expected to surpass TV next year. Both Marketing Charts and eMarketer have made similar predictions for many markets in just the past couple of months. Now, I've covered primarily pre-testing here, yet I know many companies who are satisfied with running only post-tests. They admit that it's because they often don't have enough time to pre-test their ads. Now, at least to me, this highlights a clear lack of concept testing in the first place. If you're one of these organisations, then this post has hopefully persuaded you that there is a better way. Pre-testing is important, no vital, for clients, media and ad agencies alike. And it's important to do more of it. At least doing early assessments will provide material for those development discussions before it's too late. So, do you agree? Do you have a different approach to advertising testing? If so, please leave me a comment on the blog. So, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, why not sign up on iTunes and get them sent to you directly whenever we have a new one published. And don't forget to review and rate us there. It really helps us to deliver the best quality podcast to you. Until next time, bye.